Alright guys, uh, welcome back to another podcast of uh, The Settler, I'm not giving a fuck and welcome to the remaining part of the value of suffering where I started uh, the adventure of uh, Suzuki and didn't complete it so in today's episode I, I'm going to complete it uh, let's start it was around it was around this time that a young man named Norio Suzuki first heard of Onara. Suzuki was an adventurer and explorer and a bit of hippie. Born after the war ended, he had dropped out of school and spent four years hitchhiking in his way across Asia, the Middle East, in Africa, sleeping on the park benches, in strangers' car, in jail cells, and under the stars. He volunteered on farms for the food and donated blood to pay for places to stay. He was a free spirit and perhaps a little bit nuts. In 1972, Suzuki needed another adventure. He had returned to Japan after his travel and found the strict cultural norms and social hierarchy to be shifting, stifling. He hated school. He couldn't hold down a job. He wanted to be back on the road, back on his own again. For Suzuki, the legend of Hiro Onara. Hiro Onara came as the answer to his problems, it was a new and worthy adventure for him to pursue. Suzuki believed that he would be one who would find Onoda. Sure, search parties conducted by the Japanese, Philippines and American government had not been able to find Onoda. Local police forces had been scavenging the jungle for almost 30 years with no luck. Thousands of leaflets had met with no response. But fuck it. This deadbeat college dropout he was going to be the one to find him. Unarmed and untrained for any sort of reconnaissance or tactical warfare, Suzuki traveled to Lubang and began wandering around the jungle all the time all by himself. His strategy screams Onoda's name really loudly and tell him that the emperor was worried about him. He found Onoda in four days. Suzuki stayed with Onoda in the jungle for some time. Onoda had been alone by that point for over a year. And once found by the Suzuki, he welcomed the companionship and was desperate to learn that what had been happening in the outside world from a Japanese source he couldn't trust. The two men became sort of kind of friends. Suzuki asked Onoda why he had stayed and continued to fight. Onoda said that it was simple. He had been given the order to never surrender, so he stayed. For nearly 30 years, he had simply been following an order. Onoda then asked Suzuki, why a hippie boy like himself came looking for him? Suzuki said that he had left Japan in search of three things. Lieutenant Onoda panda bear and the abominable snowman in that order. The two men had been brought together under the most curious of circumstances. Two well-intentioned adventures chasing false vision of glory like a real-life Japanese. Don Kozitun and Sanko Panza stuck together in the damp in the damp places of a Philippine jungle. 
both imagining themselves heroes despite both being alone with nothing. Doing nothing, Onoda had already by then given up most of his life to a phantom war. Suzuki would give up his too. Give his up too, having already found hero Onoda and the panda bear. He would die a few years later in the Himalayas, still in search of the abominable snowman. Humans often choose to dedicate large portions of their lives to seemingly useless or destructive causes. On the surface, these causes make no sense. It's hard to imagine how Onoda could have been happy on that island for those 30 years, living of insects and rudent, sleeping in the dirt, murdering civilians decade after decade. Or why Suzuki tracked off to his own death? with no money, no companions, and no purpose other than to chase an imaginary yeti. Yet later in his life, Onoda said he regretted nothing. He claimed that he was proud of his choices and his time on Lubang. He said that it had been an honor to devote a sizable portion of his life in services to the non-existent empire. Suzuki, had he survived, likely would have said something similar that he was doing exactly what he what he was meant to do that he regretted nothing these men both choose how they wish to suffer hiro onada choose to suffer for loyalty to a death empire to a dead empire suzuki choose to suffer for adventure no matter how ill-advised to both men their suffering meant something it fulfilled some greater cause and because it meant something they were able to endure it or perhaps even enjoy it if suffering is inevitable if our problems in life are unavoidable then the question we should be asking is not how do i stop suffering but why why i'm suffering for what purpose Hiro Onoda returned to Japan in 1974 and became a kind of celebrity in his home country. He was shuttled around from talk show to radio station. Politician Politician clamored to shake his hands. He published a book and was even offered a large sum of money by the government. But what he found when he returned to Japan horrified him. A capitalist, a superficial culture, uh, a consumerist that had lost all the traditions of the honors and sacrifice upon which his generation had been raised. Onoda tried to use his hidden celebrity to spouse the value of old Japan, but he was turned deaf to his new society. He was seen more as a showpiece than a serious culture thinker, a Japanese man who had emerged from a time capsule for all to marvel it like a relic in a museum. And in the irony of ironies, Onoda became far more depressed than he had ever been in the jungle for all those years. At least in the jungle his life had stood for something, it had meant something that had made his suffering endurable indeed even a little bit desirable but black in japan in what he considered to be a vicious nation full of hippies and loose women in western clothing he 
he was confronted with the unavoidable truth that his fighting had meant nothing. The Japan he had lived and fought for no longer existed. And aware of his realization, pierced him in a way that no bullet ever hurt. Because his suffering had meant nothing, it suddenly became realized and true. 30 years wasted. And so, in 1980, Onoda packed up and moved to Brazil, where he remained until he died. Thank you very much, listener, for listening. I hope you are going to enjoy this episode.